They? I tell you, for the life of me, I do not understand why someone who could be here would choose not to be here. Anyway, Deuteronomy chapter number 8. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. Grab your Bibles, turn with me, remain standing for just a moment. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. I, I do believe I've got a word, and, uh, and, and I, I believe that, that God's going to help us today. Uh, this, is, this is definitely a message. This is not a sermon. Uh, I left last night, and I've been working on it throughout the week, and it just seemed like I struggled with it and just kept trying to figure out what God was trying to say in the deal. And uh, apparently, uh, Dustin didn't realize I was here and had the alarm on, and when I left my office, the, the sensor in the hallway went off, and I found the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I guarantee you, you can believe what you want to. This spooky place without y'all in it. Amen. <laughs> That alarm went off, and, and I, I, I may have spoken in tongues. I'm not sure. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But isn't it good to be saved? I want you to look real quick, and I'll, I'll let you sit down. I, I need to get into this quick. i got a lot I want to say, uh, and, and I believe we're going to get some help. Look in Deuteronomy 8 and verse number 1. When you get there, say amen. It says, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee, and he suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Amen. Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, when thou, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. What's the next word? Beware. Beware. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth out of the rock of flint, 
or brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this well. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all, forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them. I testify against you this day, that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Dear Heavenly Father, please help me today. Please help me today. I need, I need an unction from glory. I have your word, but it's, it's, it's in my head. It's in my heart. But God, I need to be able to articulate it in such a way that it's easy to be understood. Please help me to do that. I pray that no one will leave here confused. No one will leave here with a misunderstanding of your scriptures today. Please help us today. I've enjoyed so greatly your, your, your spirit and the presence of God in this place in the worship. And I pray that you'll speak to us through your word. God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's redeemed say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> I don't really know how this is going to come out, so we're just going to... We're just going to throw it at you, okay? Uh, we find ourselves in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is, is literally the second reading or the second law. If you will remember when, when the children of Israel originally came out of Canaan land, or excuse me, out of Egypt, out of bondage, that they got to the edge of Canaan land and because of their unbelief and their doubt and their faithlessness, God wouldn't allow them to go in, and he sent them back out in the wilderness for 40 more years. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Well, between Egypt and Canaan, they stopped at Mount Sinai, and God gave him the, the law, and God gave him his judgments and his statutes. He gave them laws to live by, how to treat each other, how to come before God, how to worship, how to eat, how to dress. In other words, he, he gave them what they needed to become a nation. They were a group of slaves. They were a body of slaves. And he gave them all the, 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 the rules and the regulations and the law and the, and the responsibilities they had to become a nation set apart for the master's use, set apart solely for God and be his people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And then they, 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 they were unfaithful. They were unbelieving. And they refused to go in, and, and because of that, God judged them. And, and, and we know that that generation died out during the 40 years. God let them wander 40 more years. Well, now we're back. Now we're back on the edge of the promised land. And Moses is fixing to step aside. He's not going to be allowed to go in because of uh, disobedience in his life that God is chasing him for. And, and, and so he's given last-minute instructions. He's, he's reminding them of the law that they received when they first went to Mount Sinai. This is what the book of Deuteronomy is. It's the second reading or the reminder. Moses' last words, if you will, because see, everything's fixing to change. They're fixing to change leaders. 
They're fixing to change, and this is what I really want to talk about today. They're fixing to change environments. They're fixing to change environments. Everything in their life is fixing to change. And he is reminding them. He's reminding them of the law and their responsibilities and the promises of God. Not just promises of blessing, but promises of cursing. And so that's where we find ourselves. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And so he's telling them, he's telling them here, he said, don't forget. And, and, and I want to I give you, I, I've got an outline, but let me just walk through it and just talk through it and we'll, we'll just get what the Holy Spirit has for us today. These two environments, they're going, they're going from the wilderness to Canaan. The wilderness is one environment. Canaan is the other environment. And the description of these environments is, is, is uh, it's, it's unbelievable how completely opposite they are. If you, will look at, if you will look at the description given in this chapter, you'll find out that in, in, in one verse it says it was a great and terrible wilderness. A great and terrible wilderness. The word terrible there means fearful. It means frightening. In other words, the wilderness that God led them through, it was a frightening place. It was a place where there was fiery serpents. That's enough to be said. Say amen. amen. I'm not a snake lover. The only good snake is a dead snake. Say amen. amen. Fiery serpents, scorpions, all in the... And by the way, this wasn't an accident. This wasn't an accident that God led his children to the place he's taken them. If you do, we have that picture. Was that was Daniel able to get a picture? Of that, 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 that look at this. Now I drove through this. I say I drove. I rode a bus through this wilderness in an air-conditioned bus on a highway. The nation of Israel is traveling through this for forty years. Are y'all with me? In extreme heat during the day, extreme cold during the night. And now here's the thing. If, you, if you're taking notes, the description of the, the wilderness is it's dangerous. It's fearful. It's frightening. But then it's not only dangerous, but it's difficult. It's just a difficult life. It's difficult terrain. The word wilderness means uninhabited. Are y'all with me? Everything about it was difficult. Everything about it was hard. The living was tough. The, 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 the operating and, the, and just the, the daily life was so difficult like that. <laughs> All right, church, say amen. I'm about to find my groove again. Amen. <laughs> Listen, dangerous, difficult. Now watch this. Watch this. And completely dependent. The Bible says there it was a place of drought. Literally, literally, look at this verse. Look at this verse. Look in chapter number, chapter number eight, in verse number 15. Who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no, say it with me, water. Where there was no water. Now here's the thing. <clears throat> this wasn't an accident. God didn't lose his way. God didn't take a right turn at Sinai and, 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 and his GPS was acting up. God on purpose took his children 
to a difficult place, to a dangerous place, to a dependent place, to a place that was frightening. Are y'all with me? It was a place where they had to completely, totally depend on him. This, this wilderness. I, I went and looked and, and they begin to get hungry. You'll get hungry. And they begin to cry out to God and God gave them manna. Now he could have, he could have, let, he could have let some wheat grow out there. He could have let some barley grow out there. He could have let something in the wilderness come up that they could eat. But instead of doing that, he gave them something they couldn't manufacture on their own. The Bible says he gave them manna. He gave them angel food. Say amen. And that manna came down. And I I was studying that last night and looking at that manna. And there was something significant that stood out to me about that manna. That God said, when you gather early in the morning, the manna would come with the dew. When you gather it, you gather enough for you for one day. There are no reserves. There are no savings. You can't put none in reserve. You have enough for one day. And some of them didn't take him at his word and they saved some and gathered more than they could eat. And the Bible says the worms got in it and it stank the next day. Now think about this. God on purpose put them in an environment where they had to completely, totally depend on him every single day. There were no reserves. There were no savings. It was every single day. They had to get up and say, give us this day our daily bread. And there's, oh, I feel God right there. There's going to be a time in a place in our Christian walk after we've been delivered from bondage, after we've been delivered from Egypt, after we've been delivered from sin, that we're going to walk in a place in our life that's dangerous, that's difficult, that's frightening, that we don't know how in the world we're eating potato sandwiches on Wednesday because we're waiting for Friday to get here. There is no reserves. There is no savings. We are totally, completely dependent on God. In other words, if we're going to eat, he's going to have to do something. If we're going to pay our bills, he's going to have to move on our situation. We get up every morning depending on God to get us through that day. Do I have a witness in the house? And there's been times that, boy, in the church, I know, I know you, 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 some of y'all in here can't, can't relate to this, but we were sitting there with, uh, uh, last night in the rock, and I was looking at the building, and man, I was remembering times when we would pray and, and beg God and say, oh, God, please pay the bills this week. Please bring enough in the offering just so we can at least stay on the property. We were totally dependent on God. And God put us there on purpose. He said he put you there to humble you. He put you there to prove you. That means, that means test to test. I looked up the uh, Webster's 1828. <clears throat> now watch this. Some of y'all going to get some help. This is going to relate to you. He said he put you there in that environment 
that, that, that frightening environment, that, that, that needy, dependent environment. He said to humble you. Now watch this. Webster's Dictionary describes humble and gives the definition. To make humble or lowly in mind. Here it is. To abase the pride of. Now watch. To reduce arrogance and self-dependence. God will keep us in an, in an environment. You say, preacher, I like when my cup overflows. I do too. But there's sometimes, there's sometimes we need to be at the first part of that verse where it just says, I shall not want. What, he, what the psalmist is saying there, there's times in my life when I have what I need. And that's all I have. Why? Because God is trying to get self-reliance out of us. Arrogance. I I looked up the word arrogance too, y'all. Y'all going to like this. The act or quality of taking much upon oneself. That species of pride which consists in exorbitant claims of rank, dignity, estimation, or power. Or which exalts the worth or importance of the person to an undue degree. Proud contempt of others, conceitedness, presumption. In other words, you think way more of yourself than you ought to. And we don't even realize it's in us. We don't even realize that pride is there. We don't don't even realize that self-reliance is there till God takes everything away. Preacher, I'm, I'm in a frightening place in my life. You may be in the wilderness. You may be in the wilderness. You're saved, born again, redeemed, names in the land's book of life. But every day is a struggle. Behind every rock, there's a scorpion. Every time you turn around, you got to deal with a poisonous snake. There's problems on every hand. There's problems in your relationship. There's problems with your children. There's problems at work. And everywhere, it just seems like life is just a struggle. No reserves. Say, I'm, I'm living week by week and some living day by day. Do I have a witness? That's the wilderness. But he said, then there's another environment. There's another environment. We're going to come back to that wilderness. <clears throat> the wilderness is a place of limited or really no resources. There was no water. They got their water from God. They got their food from God. And, and you know, the, the, the verse says that you may know that you live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What does that mean? What does that mean? That we just read our Bible and that's what sustains us. That's not what he's talking about. That's not what he's talking about. What he is saying there is they could not manufacture the food on their own. God had to say the word so they could get something to eat. And your food came by the, the spoken word of God. God said it and you got it. In other words, it brings you to a place that you understand that your source of life, your source of living is from God. Does that make sense? But then watch this other place. Watch this other place. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. Where you had water, you had life in, in, in the desert. 
a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt, watch this now, thou shalt not lack anything in it. This is a land of unlimited resources. This is a land of abundant variety. They ate manna every day. I love banana pudding, but if I had it every day, are y'all with me? Come on, don't act so sanctimonious with me. You know what I'm talking about. He said, but you're going to a place that's got great variety. You just pick and choose what you want to eat. The blessings are abundant. There is a land of no lack. Some of you here are in that environment. You're not really waiting for Wednesday. You don't have to. You're not worried how you're going to pay the bills. There's, there's fine. I mean, this doesn't mean you're, 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 you're a, 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 a billionaire, but you, you ain't hurting. You're comfortable. You don't have to wait to Friday. If you want a sandwich, you can buy it today. Say amen. Things are, things are okay. Kids are acting like somebody. Dog's happy with you. Life is good. Life is good. Now, I know what you're thinking, especially if you're in the desert right now. Oh, how I want to be there. Now, I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. I like to be able to go by Burger King and get whatever I want on the menu. Say amen. I like it when everybody's okay. I like it when the doctor says everything's fine. You checked out good. I like it when Tammy's smiling when I get home. (laughs) I I like all that. I like it when things are smooth sailing. I like the fact that, that I don't have to chew my fingernails to the quick every Sunday hoping that we can stay on the property. I like it when, when it seems like everybody's getting along and there's no schism. And Are y'all with me? That's a good place to be. That's a great environment. It is an environment that God wants us to be in. But it's an environment some of us are not ready for. And I'll show you what I'm talking about. You see the description. You see how, how one environment is the complete opposite of the other. Can y'all get with me? Can everybody with me there? I want you, that's the description of the environments, but I want you to see now the duties, the responsibilities we have in the environment. Regardless of the environment that you find yourself in, whether you're in the wilderness struggling or whether you're in the Canaan land, the promised land cruising, you've got responsibilities. Preacher, what are you saying? What is God doing in the wilderness? It's not by accident. You're not being punished because you're in the wilderness. You're not in the wilderness because you're a bad person. You're not in the wilderness. You're not in a a place of difficulty because you're a great sinner. These people had been delivered. They They are believing in God. They are following Him and they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yet they're in a dangerous, difficult, scary, frightening place. A struggle every day of complete dependence. So why is God doing this? Why did God bring them through the wilderness? Why didn't he just take them straight to the promised land and give them that abundance and just put them right in there? Because they were not ready for it. 
What's he doing in the wilderness? Here's our responsibility. Here is our duty in the wilderness when we're in that place of struggle, when we're in that place where we're having a hard time and we have to depend on God. He's trying to develop faith. He's trying to get you to trust him. Are y'all with me? He wants you to believe. That even though you're in the wilderness, even there are no lakes and ponds and rivers and streams and springs of water, God can bring water out of a rock. Even there's no Burger King, there is no restaurant to stop by, there is no field of corn or barley or wheat, that God can rain manna out of heaven. And you don't realize that God is all you need, that he's all you got. God wants you to understand that your source of life is not from the job you have. It's not from the savings you have. It's not from your retirement plan. It's not your 401k. Your source of life, your source of fulfillment, your source of living, your source of joy, your source of satisfaction, your source of happiness is from the Lord. Preacher, what's my responsibility? Trust and obey. Every morning they had, to, they had to trust that God was going to have that bread on the ground when they woke up. Because there was no reserve from the day before. Now get that. Y'all getting that? Every single morning they had to trust that God would provide. He's developing faith. So how do I know? How do I know if I'm doing good? You quit complaining about it. Turn with me to Psalm 78. Quickly, quickly. Mercy, quickly. Psalm 78. Better quit whining about everything. Look what it says in Psalm 78, verse 12. The psalmist is describing this time. He said in verse 12, marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt. All those miracles, all those plagues he brought on Egypt and their gods. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. That's the Red Sea. Y'all with me say amen? He made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and all the night with a light of fire. He claved the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Now think about that. Rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the most high in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They were complaining and whining and murmuring. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? This is, this is not a... This is not a, a, a sincere question as much as it's a, it's a snide, arrogant response to God. Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and anger also came against Israel. Watch this now. Because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Are y'all with me? What they do? They whined and complained. 
Preacher, what am I supposed to do in the wilderness? You're supposed to trust and obey. I want my financial situation to change. It might not need to yet. When do you think it will? When you stop complaining about it. Man, it's quiet. When you stop murmuring about it. When you start realizing that God is God and He's sovereign. And I don't think, I may be wrong, but I don't think many of us in here have missed a meal. I don't have what I want, but do you have what you need? Maybe, maybe you're in the wilderness because God can't trust you with Canaan. Let me say that again. Maybe you're in the wilderness because God can't trust you with Canaan. So what do you mean? Moses is standing here and he's, he's, he's warning them. And you can tell Moses is a little nervous about this. He says, guys, y'all are fixing to change environments. You're fixing to go from a place of no resources to a place of unlimited resources. A place where every single morning you have to trust that God's going to give you something to eat. As if he don't, you're going to starve to death. You're going to have to trust him every day to a place where you have barns full. You have reserves and unlimited resources. I want to ask y'all a question. How will you live? And how will you worship? How will you praise God when you don't need Him? It's easy to pray when your kid's sick. It's easy to pray when you don't have money to pay the bills. It's easy to pray and it's easy to seek God and seek His face when you're in a crisis situation. I don't have no problems praying when I'm afraid. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how close we are to God when we're in a trial? But where are you when you don't need him? Yeah. Come on, brother. I've been in church my whole life. I'm 27 and a half years old. <clears throat> a little older than that. And I can tell you time after time after time after time where people are in the wilderness, people are in a frightening situation in their life, people are in a place that they desperately need God and God moves on their situation. God brings them out of their crisis. God provides for their needs, not just provides, but he gives them an abundance in just a little while. You can't find them with the FBI. When they're in a crisis, they can't get enough of church. They can't get enough of worship. 
They can't get enough of praise. When they're in a crisis and they need God, they're all about God when they need Him. But what about when you don't? What about when you have food in the refrigerator whether he shows up or not? This is a more dangerous place than the wilderness. Am I preaching this morning? It's easy to be right with God in the wilderness. I'm saying this ashamed. Ashamed. I'm saying this under conviction and God convicting me right now. I prayed like no other when we was in a building that held 97 chairs and we couldn't pay the bills. I was a praying scoundrel. But we're okay now. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Beware. Beware. Say it with me. Beware. Beware. When thou hast eaten and art full, when thou shalt, it says, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which thou hast, he has given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up and forget the Lord thy God. Forget him. Verse 17, and say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. And thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. I want you to look at the dangers, the dangers of this environment. <clears throat> the danger of the wilderness environment. You say, preacher, I'm in the wilderness. I'm in that, that scary place of total dependence, and if God don't do something, I'm going to be done. I've got to completely, totally, totally trust God. What is, what is the danger in the wilderness to doubt God and live in unbelief? You say, how do I know if I'm doing that? Because you're complaining. You can tell. If somebody has faith, they're praising. If somebody has doubt, they're complaining. So you decide where you're at. That's right, Reverend. That's good stuff right there. I got to say, man, because I've been guilty. I've been guilty of wanting a little more. Wanting not to have to worry. Wanting not to have to be so dependent. Lord, I don't want to be rich. I just don't want to be poor. Can anybody relate to what I'm saying? And then we get frustrated with God because we're not where we want to be. When we don't even realize God knows exactly where we need to be and he will keep us where we need to be. Till he can trust us. Are y'all with me? The danger of the wilderness is you'll you'll begin to doubt God. You'll begin to complain and murmur. 
You'll begin to be, watch this now, watch this now. You'll begin to be ungrateful. Well, I can see how that man in that land of abundance can be grateful. No, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand. That man that's living under the bridge who got some soup from somebody has got every responsibility to be just as grateful for that little bowl of soup as the one eating prime rib downtown. Because it came from God's hand. Because if God didn't do it, you wouldn't have it. And by the way, by the way, God don't owe any person in here one blessed thing. Job said, naked came I into this world, and naked shall I return. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Everything we got came from him. Whether you're walking or riding a Mercedes Benz, it doesn't matter. It came from God. So don't doubt him. Trust him. Trust him. Somebody, somebody, I was blessed with a box of potatoes this week. The big ones. Y'all with me? Spuds. Let me tell you something. There ain't nothing like cutting one of them babies up about a, about a quarter inch thick, frying that sucker up, put him on some bread and some Miracle Whip. Have mercy. Say amen. amen. I'm telling you, I've sat down. When you're hungry, that, you might as well say that's prime rib. Yeah. And you know what? I've sat down and had prime rib. And didn't enjoy it like I enjoyed that potato sandwich. Money don't buy you a home. It can buy you a house. Money don't buy you an appetite. Money can buy you a bed but not sleep. Solomon found out real well comes from the hand of God. What's the danger What's the danger in Canaan? Watch this now. Oh, my goodness. I'm over time, but you're going to get this. Here's the danger in Canaan. You know, it's funny. Some of y'all, you think you're in the wilderness, but really you're in Canaan. You're not rich, but you're not poor neither. You're better off than you think you are. But here's the danger of Canaan. Forgetting where it come from. He said, beware that thou forget not God. And, and throughout the whole thing, he's describing what God does, but he's not saying forget what he did. He's forgetting who he is. We forget him. And then when we forget him, we start looking at us. By my hands, I've created this well. And that creates pride. And pride creates arrogance. But watch where it starts. Watch where it starts. He says, and here's the warning. This is the, this is the instructions to keep that from happening. Verse 10. Everybody get to verse 10 real quick, real quick. I'm almost done. I'm almost, don't check out on me. This is important. This is really good. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt... Bless the 
thy God for the which he had given thee. What's he saying? If you've got a Mercedes sitting in a mansion, sitting at prime rib at your table, when you get through with that meal, you need to back up, make a little room, and have a party and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you, Lord, for my house. Thank you, Lord, for my car. Thank you, Lord, for my church. Thank you, Lord, for my choir. Thank you, Lord, for my friends. Oh, God, thank you for what you've done for me. When you make it a habit of your life to continuously praise him, you won't never forget about it. You know what happens? We lay out of church. You stop praising him. He, listen, listen, when, when you're in a crisis, when you're in great need, you're not going to miss church for nothing. Why? You need him. You need him. He's got to move on your situation. Oh, I need to be in the presence of God. I don't need to, just God to do something for me. I need to be around him so I can feel his peace in my soul. But then when everything's fine and everything's great and everything's wonderful and God is blessed and God is provided and there is abundance and unlimited resources, we, we, we start to feel like, you know, we, we start neglecting praising. Right. Amen. Now watch now. It leads to something. It leads to something. Look in verse 19. Look in verse 19. And it shall be. Watch how this progression goes. And it shall be if thou do it all, forget the Lord thy God. And walk after, now stop. First we fail to praise and honor him. Then we forget the source. We forget where it comes from. Then we forsake the Lord. Now let me explain this. Let me apply this to us. The nation of Israel went after other gods in Canaan. Baal, Ashtaroth, El. Other things took priority. Our gods will not be little statues we bow down to. Our gods will be things that become more important than godly things. It could be jobs. It could be hobbies. It could be children. Your children can be a god. And what he's saying here is that when we fail to praise him, when we fail to remember where our abundance has come from and our blessings have come from, and we stop praising Him and honoring Him and putting Him first, then we'll put everything else first. And we'll neglect Him, we'll neglect His worship, we'll neglect His Word, we'll neglect Bible study, we'll neglect small group, we'll neglect all of these things because everything else becomes more important. That's what happens. I'm okay now. I'm okay now. You know that song is real popular. Jesus take the wheel. Jesus take the wheel. What I want to know is what was she doing with it anyway? But ain't that like us? I got this, Lord. I'll let you know if I need you. 
and the Lord become nothing more than a sugar daddy. Listen, how are you going to worship? How are you going to live when you don't need him? God wants you to love him for him and not what he can do for you. Now, I'm going to say this. There's probably not a soul in this room if we're to be honest, I'm raising my hand. There's not a soul in this room that's not been guilty of both of them. There's probably not a soul in this room that's not complained about the wilderness area. And there's probably not a soul in this room that hadn't slacked up after God's blessed us. So what do we do? If you're in the wilderness, you ought to find a place in this altar up on the, up on the top and just thank him because you're still here. It might be a frightening place, but that serpent ain't got you yet. You might be tired of the manna, but it's there every morning. You may not have in the bank what you want, but you have what you need. God deserves your praise. God deserves your gratitude because you may not move to that next dimension till you learn to be grateful for where you're at. And if you're in that place of supply, if you're in that Canaan environment and God's been good to you, you need to find a place in this altar and say, Father, forgive me for getting you. Help me to praise you no matter what. Help me to be just as sincere and just as faithful and just as committed when I have much in the bank as when I had little. And all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us.